0: Warning, this 23rd installment of Spirekin Review Podcast Bond Marathon will contain adult language, mature situations, very generic villains, a poorly written script due to the 2008 writer's strike, horrendous font inconsistencies, massive quick-cut fight sequences, a creative homage to a famous Bond girl death, and arguably Daniel Craig's most questionable acting in a Bond film. Remember to like, share, and subscribe. Listener discretion is advised. in Motion Picture Review, James Bond, 007, Quantum of Solace. Hello and welcome to the long-awaited latest episode of the Spark and Review Podcast, Bond Marathon. <laughs> I'm your host, and saying konnichiwa, aloha, Bonjour, and what's up?
1: Hey, it's Greta.
0: It's been a little bit of time since we had our last episode. I mean, it was... Oh, God, it's been ten months since our last episode.
1: Well, the film was pushed back a few times...
0: Yeah, and just the anticipation and being pushed back so much we were kinda of worried when it was ever gonna come out. But now it is officially coming out and we are gonna finish this officially, so that's gonna be good. And
1: But we were in like the thralls of COVID, like.
0: Very true. We were waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. But we are gonna finish this before the movie comes out. That is my goal. But if you wanna to listen to any of the other twenty-two installments of the James Bondathon brought to you by Spirekin Review Podcast, you could check them out at
1: www.spyrican.com
0: we're also on facebook instagram spotify youtube stitcher and various other social media sites you just type in spyrican in the search bar and i guarantee you find us one way or the other and i gotta say if you look on our youtube channel at youtube.com forward slash you can also see some of our upcoming videos including our james bond top 10 list for three very important things so stay tuned for that but I think we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves and a little bit crazy, so let's actually get to that thing which we're here to talk about, and that is James Bond. Yes, and more importantly than that, it is one of the films which is arguably, well, the fan's least favorite James Bond film.
1: Daniel Something, Craig fan's least fan favorite or 007 overall, James Bond a lot of fans, fans.
0: hate this movie. Uh, myself included I think it's one of the weaker films I mean there are some moments I do appreciate it but let's get to that so this film was actually the first direct sequel to a James Bond film so this is one that takes place right afterwards and it's the second film to star Daniel Craig in this so this is the sequel to Casino Royale However, despite that, it is the high, one of the highest grossing James Bond films in the franchise's history with a worldwide box office of more than $586 million U.S. That's kind of crazy.
1: Well, it's because Casino Real was so awesome. Everyone was absolutely ready for not just another one, but another Daniel Craig one.
0: That is true. And unfortunately, They didn't get what they wanted. This became just... I still think it's a good one. It's a bad carbon copy of the Bourne Identity series. It really is. Because all the parkour... It's not a
1: carbon copy of it. It's competing with it. When they really should have just stuck with their own um, recipe. Because Bond movies were always great. And Bourne movies should have just been their own thing.
0: Yeah, but they wanted to work on it. And... It didn't help that this is
1: also made
0: during the 2008 writer's strike, so the script wasn't even finished when they began production, and several people had to be involved. But let's actually get to who some of the people who made this film. First off, we have the director, who is Mark Forster, who was born November 30th, 1969, and he's a German Swiss filmmaker who made Monsters Ball, Finding Neverland, World War Z, and Christopher Robin. So four really excellent films in his repertoire, but all are very different. I mean, Monsters Ball was done as a inspection on, well, a lot of stuff and earned Holly Bear the Oscar. Finding Neverland was a story about uh, the creator of Peter Pan, World War Z was an adaptation of the World War Z stories. However, it was not as good as most people said. Let's be honest, it was, it was a train wreck. But then last but not least, we had Christopher Robin, which was a live-action adaptation of Winnie the Pooh starring Ewan McGregor. So he goes all over the place with his films. Like, each one is its own different genre, and they're all very different. There's no identifying mark. He's not like a... Um, Sam uh, Raimi, who you could tell it's a Sam Raimi film because of his cinematography style. There is no real connecting style with this I've seen so far.
1: Which is kind of cool.
0: Kind of, but... Well, anyway. So this was written by Paul Haggis, Neil Purvis, and Robert Wade before the writer's strike. And that was reworked on the fly with input by Daniel Craig and Mark Forster. So they were like, uh... Because it was
1: a writing... Yeah.
0: Strike. It was a big race. So they like, oh, uh, we got to fix this. Uh, we'll say this. This will work. Yeah, yeah, it'll work. And Well, not really. Uh, this is produced once again by Michael G. Wilson and Barbara Broccoli. Uh, the Broccoli family. Hopefully they will continue to usher in and chaperone this franchise until many years from now. Forever. Forever. But, so this is based on the James Bond franchise, which was written originally by Ian Fleming. And the title actually was from two different stories. They took two different stories and concepts to create the title for this film. Uh, the cinematographer who was responsible for all the quick cut concepts Ugh. is Robert Schaefer. Did he
1: get paid per quick cut?
0: I don't know, but he created the concepts in general for quick cutting.
1: Because if he got
0: paid per quick cut. Because that's his shtick. And let's be honest, it's horrible. He doesn't know how to do doesn't know on a Disney, how to film action scenes. Anyway, this was released in October 31st, 2008 in the United Kingdom and on November 14th in 2008. So all of them come out in November and October. Kind of cool. The budget for this film was 200 to $230 million. And the, as I said, the box office was $589.6 million. And what is the name of this James Bond franchise, this film that we're talking about? The 22nd James Bond film?
1: Quantum of Solace.
0: You are right. Quantum of Solace, which
1: solace really solace? makes
0: no—it's solace, which really kind of makes no sense because it's like it was a takeaway line from one of the stories, and it really doesn't fit what the story's about. This is a epilogue to Casino Royale and a setup, which really not much happens. It really not much happens to this film, but. Let's get into some of the actors in the film before we get to the actual plot. First off, you had Guillermo del Toro, the director, providing a bunch of voices in the background for audio as a favor to Forster because they're friends. Also, you had Alfonso Curano, the director of Children of Man, Gravity, and most importantly, Harry Potter and the Children of Azkaban as a Bolivian helicopter pilot in this movie. So yes. that that's something you wouldn't expect. It's like, no. hey, that's the director of Harry Potter. He's there doing nothing. Judy Dench is back as M.
1: But Judy Dench was in Harry Potter.
0: Was Judy Dench
1: in Harry Potter? No, she was not. I just lied. But she's friends with Maggie Smith. And Maggie Smith was in Harry Potter.
0: That is very true. Uh, then you have The Watcher. I mean, Jeffrey Wright is in this as Felix Leiter. And I like that this Felix Leiter is kind of... He doesn't want to be corrupt, but he's like, I'm corrupt. He has to
1: work with the system that he's in.
0: Yeah. He does a great job as Felix, and I like him as Felix Leiter. I want him around a little longer. The next spawn should have him as Felix Leiter.
1: At at least a cool cameo.
0: Yeah, because he's one of the best things about this franchise, I think. Uh, Next, you have Joaquim Cosillo as general moderno who is the secondary villain in this film kind because of Because
1: he's a bad guy. Yeah, but he's not really a
0: bad guy. He's just kind of a bad guy.
1: Yeah, I'm sorry. He rapes women?
0: Yes. No, he, I said and he, then kills them. I said he's a bad guy, but he's not one of the Bond bad guys. He's like, okay, but... he's a
1: bad guy in that time in the world.
0: Yeah, but like uh, the old films with Spectre, we've talked about this, that there's like Spectre, and then there's this guy, then there's a random person that they're connected to who's a villain. He's that random villain that they're connected to. He's not even a major part, but they try to make him a big deal, but he's like really not connected to... It's like, we needed another villain, so let's throw this guy in. True. Because you set up so much in this film and just, yeah. Anyway. You have Tim Pickett Smith as the British Secretary of State for Foreign and Commonwealth Affairs, i.e. someone who's very corrupt. Uh, He was okay in it. You have uh, Rory Kinner as Bill Tanner, M's aide, uh, once again. And
1: he's not as good as the guy that was with... You kind of hate him. Yeah. He's annoying.
0: He's not as eloquent or charismatic as M's aide during the Pierce Brosnan era, the black guy who got killed during um, The World is Not Enough. But yeah, you know. So I mean, you can't really do that because he got killed because of the setup with uh, that Natasha did. Uh, but anyway, I gotta say, not not really a fan of him. He was just kind of like like okay, whatever you say, M. I'll do whatever you say. Well, we're talking to Bond, M. Uh, okay, and then M.
1: He's just a he's a really great assistant. Yeah. Just...
0: If he was the traitor, if, if he was the quantum agent, I would have loved that so much more. If he was the traitor,
1: he's not cool enough to be in quantum though.
0: True. Uh, then you have David Harbour, yes, Red Guardian, and the guy from the chief from Stranger Things, playing the CIA section chief for South America, Greg Beam, and he he's unrecognizable in this as as David Harbour he's just kind of like this smarmy asshole uh, CIA guy who's like yep we're gonna sell you out no matter what
1: with a nasty fake mustache
0: yeah it's not he just looks really just CIA jerk face I didn't like him too much
1: but this is a British film well series or I don't have the words today franchise the british franchise the americans are not going to come off all smooth and
0: felix slider in most of the series and then jack thinks in the guy after jack all seemed good this guy just seems corrupt oh that's not true michael madsen as a cia agent in uh
1: but they're all not yeah as good as bond they couldn't do they couldn't kill the guy they couldn't win the hand they couldn't
0: they're easily corruptible so yeah okay i will get it wasn't bad wasn't terrible kind of unforgettable
1: then we had Jesper... You mean kind of forgettable, but you don't forget the mustache. No, you
0: don't. Next, we had Jesper Christensen as Mr. White returning again from the last film. And we he opens up the movie and we see him again. And he is still... He would have been such a more interesting villain. Because Mr. White is so into things and he's got he's so deep in Spectre. Not Spectre, in Quantum. And he is so smooth with getting away with things. It's not... This guy, but anyway, then we have Anatole Taubman as Elvis, who they made up a whole backstory for this this hench, because it, oh we'll make it that he's actually his twin brother, but he's ugly and weird, and we give him a wig because
1: a really bad bowl haircut. He,
0: yeah, it was all like they made this guy to be stupid. He's a hench that's just terrible. I think he's probably the worst hench. I think he's worse than Kid and Wink. No. Kid and Wink's hair never fell off. One and two, they actually killed all their all their assignments. He they did not kill anybody. They were
1: absolutely horrible. But this guy, his he, hair is horrible. He but didn't it kill falls anybody, and it's funny.
0: He didn't kill anybody. He failed every single mission he was told. Like if you put it success rate, he's terrible compared to Kid and Wink.
1: Yeah, but overall, eh. Kid and Wink just like make my skin crawl. It's because they're weird. Well, plus, they're from Diamonds Are Forever. and there were,
0: there were diamonds. The diamonds were in the satellite at the end of the movie.
1: Yes. Fewer diamonds than all of the rest of the Bond films. There were more diamonds in the opera scene, in the seats with the random actors as seat fillers, True. than there were in that movie.
0: Okay, next we had Gemma Artenton as Agent Fields, whose real name, according to the... Uh, script is strawberry fields
1: <laughs> yes
0: she's a bond girl totally but, blonde girl
1: yes and she's got the strawberry blonde hair
0: also she has a death sequence that is an homage to an older death sequence from an old film mm-hmm. that's well done i think then we have giancarlo gianni as renee mathis Back again from Casino Royale after Bond had him arrested as being a traitor, even though he wasn't a traitor because Vesper played them both. I like him. He's a good actor. He's very charismatic, and he has this old-worldy just, like, charm about him.
1: Which is what you want out of people in your Mo- in your Bond movies.
0: And part of me thinks, if I can't remember correctly, but wasn't he in another Bond film before that for an earlier Bond character? For me, Roger Moore. Was he? I don't know. I'm thinking he might have been, maybe. But anyway. So then we have our villain, who is Matthau Almerich, who's playing Dominique Green, who is the quote-unquote main villain, a pencil pusher, essentially accountant for Quantum.
1: He's like somehow like a mastermind.
0: He's a terrible villain. He's a terrible Bond villain who's just like, oh, we're just going to do the thing. His, his plot is just... That's what they want him to do. It's not his plot. It's Quantum wants him to do this, so he's going to do it. He seems more like a hench than a actual Bond villain.
1: But we discover that every single Bond villain we've had...
0: Well, that's in the next movie. And we're going to get to that in a little bit, where everything's connected. But right now, it's just... he's He's not good. He's not good. He's not a good Bond villain. He's just kind of like, eh, he's not, a th- he's not threatening, he's not terrible. Like, Mr. White is an amazing but, Bond villain.
1: But, but he has it in him to be threatening and terrible. Like, the girl, um, not Strawberry Fields, but the other one, he's going to go kill her at the orchestra thing, at the party, on the lanai, the patio, the veranda. the True. He's like, oh, no. And
0: but that was also, he had Elvis there with him. He needs backup. It's not like... Say, he was
1: going to do it, though. He wasn't ordering somebody to do it. He was just going to make it look like an accident.
0: Yeah. He just seems more like the face. He's not as threat. The guy with the bomb from the last movie, he was a threat from Casino Royale. That guy was a threat. True. This guy? Eh, not so much. I don't think he's a good thing. But then we have Olga Kurylenko. A Russian actress playing a Bolivian actress. A Bolivian girl, which is kind of crazy. She does a good job, but they have a fake tan on her, and she is playing Camille Montez, a Bolivian agent, the main Bond girl, and well, she's okay. She is okay.
1: She's a good job.
0: She's not but and she's not uh, I'm gonna throw myself at you. She doesn't throw herself at Bond. She's using him as a means to an end, and it's not there's chemistry, but it's not like like, the girl that he's going to hook up with is Strawberry Fields. We know that. But, like,
1: but isn't Bond gonna, like is just
0: there. True. She's just there for her plot, which they really don't even resolve. No they, do, no, no, they do. They do. They do resolve it. But her. And then we have Daniel Craig as James Bond. This is the James Bond. This is when he began hating playing James Bond. This is when he hurt himself on stick. Stage doing this and
1: yeah, because there's
0: you could see it's
1: stunt heavy,
0: it's kind of stunt heavy, but it's a lot of quick cuts, and it's just not so many quick cuts. He's he has two quips, which more than Casino Royale, but it just the progression from where he was in the last film to this film, it seems like he went backwards. It was he was a blunt knife, and now he's starting to be more charismatic. And this one, he's worse. Constantly like, okay, yeah, but he's we need been you heartbroken. In, we need you to interrogate this person. I'm gonna kill him. We need please don't kill else. Oh, anybody we need you else. to
1: kill this one. I left him alive for you.
0: Yeah, it's we need him to kill the not kill these people, and he's killing every single person. It's just like he's on a murderous rampage throughout the entire film. Which isn't bad. It's just with the way that they had set him up that he was bettering himself, even though Vesper broke his heart, this is James Bond. He's able to move past it. This is showing him Slowly becoming a more like this the whole Daniel Craig era seems to be setting up that he's gonna become more a better person over time. It's he starts off as a monster and he works his well, way down. He's,
1: it kind of feels like to me like he's going to become um not M, he's not gonna replace M, but like there would be a career path for him to come out from the field. True.
0: I mean, we've always seen him wanting... He seems like he'd stay there as Bond, no matter what. But we're going to have to wait and see what happens with that. And as we go closer and closer to No Time to Die, we'll go more into his mindset. But overall, this film, like I said, is a sequel to Casino Royale. It opens up, actually, after he kidnaps Mr. White, that he's shot in the leg. It's the same day. Kidnaps him, drives through Italy, Siena, Italy... And that's when we find out that he works for an organization known as Quantum that has people everywhere.
1: Everywhere.
0: And they've infiltrated MI6. They help him escape. And Bond now is trying to figure out where he is, what's going on, what happened. And they find a lead because Mr. White escapes. So they find a lead with the MI6 agent who was a trader that he has these currencies that have like secret passcodes in them. And the last person who uses a similar code is... Dominique Green in Bolivia. So they end up finding out that he's setting up a whole event. He's buying up land and helping rig an election for a corrupt general who wants to be the president. Finds uh, Camille. And, well, from there, turns into, well, oh, they're going to try to do this and that. And we really can't tell what's going on because they're flash cutting every five minutes. And well you
1: really can't tell the fight scenes because they're flash cutting every five minutes we don't know where they are because it's literally like here's this side of the quarry and we're gonna show you this side of the quarry but here's the car but wait there's a, the door's missing no no the door is there no now the door is missing or
0: well, they're going up the or they're fighting in the cathedral and he's gonna punch him oh it chips over and shows his back as he punches it but then it shifts over but and now he's bleeding. running
1: across the uh a rooftop, and he's going to jump into the, the patio, lanai,
0: or whatever. People. It's a big mess. Uh, when they show that Dominique Green is an environmentalist who's helping fund these terrorists, it's not engaging. It's like, I don't buy him as an environmentalist. It's not like where we had um, uh, Largo. Largo, you could buy as, okay, he's a corrupt businessman who's number two in Spectre. You could buy that. Green it's like, oh, he has green planet. He's an... I don't buy that he's an environmentalist. No. He's just a scummy guy. That's all he is. He's, he's a
1: shitty pitcher And man. you don't really figure out till the end that they're trying to buy up land because it's got all this water, water in it, but they've deprived the whole village of water. People are dying and leaving because once they have it, then they're going to be able to like
0: to sell all the water to Bolivia to get all the money and they're going to use the money for other reasons and blah. Convoluted. Like, there are elements of a great Bond movie in this film. Yes. Like, one of the greatest moments is as he's researching what's going on, he discovers that there is uh, a meeting that Green is going to. He's going to an opera. And everyone goes, and Bond goes to the opera. That I
1: thought was like the coolest thing. It's the best
0: scene in the movie. Cause he goes in there, and you see a, uh, a bunch of people, including Mr. White, there, and they're all being given these special bags. So James beats up a guy, takes his bag, and inside there, there's uh, food, some perfume, the program, and then an earpiece. Mm-hmm. He puts the earpiece on, and he's walk- goes behind the stage, and he sees that, and he's listening on the earpiece. Turns out that in the middle of this opera, Quantum is having their evil meeting. Where no one will notice them because they're just... In
1: public, in public. Everybody's out. All the rich people are enjoying their weird opera with the creepy eyeball thing.
0: I'm pretty sure that when they in the opera when you see the guy get executed, that's really someone getting executed. That's totally like a Spectre thing. Like, oh, it's just, it's just art. He's fine. And they're just killing someone.
1: And then what I like is Daniel Craig chimes in to disrupt it, which upsets everybody and they are like, run away, run away, run and away. And they all get up. So uh, when you see them all get up, that's when he's like, boom, photo, 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 like, gotcha.
0: He gets everyone in quantum, and it's a great sequence, and it's well done. It's just a shame that from there, it just goes Pfft, crappy. And I it also makes Mr. White more menacing because everyone else is getting up, and Mr. White just takes it off, looks at him and says, guess I can't handle the play. And he just sits down and watches the play, totally in control. They could have totally had more with White as the villain. It just yep it is a mess uh back to the thing when um eventually they say that oh bond is on a rampage we have to bring him in either the cia is going to kill him or we're going to bring him in because cia wants to kill him because they're in league with green they send strawberry fields to get bond out of bolivia back home and when after everything that happens they find out the plot he goes back to the hotel she actually leaves him a message saying run but he gets captured mm-hmm. and then we see the scene where she was killed which is very reminiscent to Jill Masterson's death in Goldfinger except instead of it being covered in gold she's covered in oil
1: yep and it's isn't it in her lungs too
0: yes yeah they just straight up just killed her like that just like goldfinger and it's horrifying but it's a great it is a well executed bumph well executed death i think and one of the better deaths in the bond sequence Then it leads to the fight sequence, which is terribly done. It's just, just, oh, there's a hotel. in the We're going to have it at a hotel randomly in the middle of the desert that we never talked about now because blah.
1: Because super fancy hotel randomly in the middle of the desert where there's no water.
0: Which is the last set piece, which is five minutes in this hotel. It's not really long. It's, oh, you're going to sign it over to me because we're going to run your water or else you're going to be president because our our company is so powerful. Blah, 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 blah. Bond beats him up in a fist fight kidnaps him. Elvis dies because he does nothing. Uh, Gerald Moderno is killed because of Camille's actual vengeance because he executed her family and that's been the horror drive the entire movie. And meh. But the end of the film, I will say this is the other part that is amazing and actually part of my favorite quote is that after he interrogates Green, beats him up, they're driving in the middle of the Bolivian desert, he pulls over, kicks him out of the car and says
1: they catch me, they're going to kill
0: me. And he's like, well... Just kill me. It's like, well, plus that is, you're in the middle of the desert. And I bet you'll walk 20 miles before you think you're drinking that motor motor oil. And then later on, they said, oh, Dominic Green was found dead in the desert with two bullet holes in his head.
1: And motor oil in his stomach. Yeah. Any idea of where that came from? It's
0: like, nope. And then it ends where he kind of avenges Vesper because Vesper's boyfriend in the beginning. They said, oh, Vesper's boyfriend... Uh, who they said was kidnapped and killed is actually alive and just faked the death. And they're like, this really has nothing to do with the story. He isn't a major part. It just is kind of like a throwaway, like.
1: Uh. Well, I kind of.
0: Like the resolution was cool, but there was no. No. It came out of nowhere.
1: I, I kind of low key hated that because that meant that Vesper. I liked that Vesper was in love and was trying to help her boyfriend. And then realized that she was really in love with James. James. And that was her struggle. And to then find out that he's just a double agent who's flipping these girls that can help them. It, 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 I, it lessens, and then he like, it less, it lessens he the plays impact. the, oh yeah, we've kidnapped him and we're going to shoot him or whatever. So then all of these women are doing these things. I I hate that.
0: It, it ruins Vesper's I like, character. It
1: ruins Vesper's character. I like when James is catching him out, doing it to the new one. He's like, oh, you're Canadian, right? You did this. Yeah, tell everybody that there's a leak. And she gets up and leaves. And she says, thank you, on her way out. I like that. Like, oh, you saved my career kind just of thing. The
0: whole half of the, the movie is him pining over Vesper with a photo of Vesper and the boyfriend where it's covered over where it's just Vesper's face. He's carrying her necklace, and then he just drops it randomly. It's like this came out of nowhere. It wasn't earned. It's really not. I don't think it was earned at all. It was just poorly done. No, don't like it. But So let's get into some of the other things about the film. First off, uh, this was filmed in six countries. Kind of impressive that they did that.
1: Mm-hmm. Very.
0: You know, you had it in in Bolivia, France, Italy, England, uh, oh.
1: Absolutely Haiti Beautiful a, places And then creepy desert it just, But everything was really visually beautiful One thing I know that really bothered you Is the font for every location Was different
0: It's No, all the fonts Like it was just the Oh, title card for this And it's a different font altogether And that's Generally with fonts You want to stick to the same fonts for the film And I've seen movies where they've done different ones For like slight things Like fall, autumn It makes sense this it was out of the left field how they did it it really was it was poorly done poorly executed and they said for that they wanted to give the movie a postmodern look at postmodernism design for how everything looked it didn't look good it was like visually it was okay but the slight the slicing wasn't good the cars I, I weren't th- interesting
1: i think if there had been if they didn't try to make it look like a born film And they just shot it like a traditional James Bond film, which does have some cuts here and there and, you know, things to make the fight scenes look cooler and stuff like that. I think if they just went traditional James Bond footage, it would have been... Decent. Really, really good. And I would have liked them to take out that last part of Vesper's boyfriend being... I, I mean, you had to have the
0: resolution with, with, and I get that, but just it let me down. It let us all down. It was just poorly executed, and I know some people are gonna say, "Oh, it was because of writer's strike."
1: Some of it might be a writer's strike. Little quips here, little quips there. But Maybe not as many puns because 007 has some really good puns, but no, he had he had one pun in the entire movie. He only right, had one uh, pun. that I blame the writer's strike, but, but. The plot of the movie isn't because of a writer's strike.
0: Like, you could fix that and realize this is going wrong. There were actual issues with the film. And I know that it's very difficult to make a film. And we're kind of armchair refereeing it. I, I understand that. But, like, little things. Like, there's errors with the audio. There's, I mean, it's not like Tenant, where you don't hear what any of the audio is. But there's problems with... There's a lot of little behind-the-scenes problems. There were issues with this movie. And actually, let's get to the other thing—the um, soundtrack in general. First off, we had the Bond film, which was the song itself, "Another Way to Die" by Jack White of the White Stripes and Alicia Keys.
1: I like this. I don't.
0: The title sequence is kind of bad. It's—I don't like the—I don't like the title sequence. I did like the fact that the theme comes out throughout the entire film. But they said they wanted to keep the actual James Bond theme to a minimum throughout the film because you don't hear it at all except in one sequence. Where it's like the... It's just... It felt like a bad James Bond film that was trying to be a good Jason Bourne film. Jason Bourne is Jason
1: Bourne. James James Bond is James James Bond. Bond. And the two should not meet. Although...
0: A crossover. Treadstone and MI6 could be interesting, but I, it's two different things. Yeah. It's James Bond has a style to it, sophisticated. It's not the amnesiac, amnesiac uh, assassin.
1: No, he's just like... Brute assassin that doesn't attract any attention, and James Bond is... Hi, I'm Bond. James Bond. True. I just... This is
0: my, well, well, let's get, well, this is one of my least favorite Bond films. I think I want to rank this lowest. But it's still, you know, um, I don't know. The last Pierce Brosnan movie is still sour. I'm like, still, ugh, with that. True. Because half that movie is good, half that movie is garbage. Well, actually, the thing is, half that movie is a well-done film. The other half is garbage. So there is half of a semblance plot in that one. This one the plot makes no sense. This one it's like it's 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 the plot is terrible. I think this is actually my least favorite Bond film. It's an epilogue. It's not a real Bond film, I think. There's highlights, but yeah, I think this is cuz I think this is probably the worst villain, worst hench. I
1: don't know if I could pick my worst
0: It's one of the low. it's not a great Bond Okay, theme.
1: no. Uh, in my list, Diamonds Are Forever is still the lowest.
0: I'm now looking at
1: the list when we
0: watch this, and actually, we got this at the bottom. It's underneath because Diamonds Are Forever, we put down below A View to a Kill, Moonraker. Well, underneath it is Moonraker, World's Not Enough, for your eyes only, Die Another Day. And I put Quantum right underneath all these. Because let's be honest, all the other ones had great out el- some cool element to it. I mean, Diamonds are forever, yeah, you had Kit and Wink, but you had Blofeld.
1: I do like Blofeld. And you had four
0: bond female villains who kicked ass. True. I mean yeah, Bambi and Thumper, they were just like weird, crazy lesbian psychopaths, but and you had uh Wink and Kit, but
1: Wink and Kit. And the lack of diamonds in the movie, which is titled Diamonds Are Forever, is my biggest frustration.
0: And the Bond girl was just a complete... But anyway, so. Yes. And then for villains, like,
1: well, actually... But overall, I would say, I will say, overall, a James Bond movie in general, I'm still going to watch it. Yeah. No, I agree. Even if it's my lowest ranking it's James still, Bond I'm still going to
0: get a worth watching once in theaters or, or streaming. It's not that bad, but... Let's get to the villain. So, I would say that he's worse than Colonel Moon. But yes. But I think he's better than Christastos, Rosa Klebb, General Kosloff, Electric King, Drax, and Stromberg, and Elliot Carver. Yes. I just think that they were... I mean, I like Elliot Carver, but he... Actually, Elliot Carver was more charismatic and he you knew who he was. You're like, you could pick him out. Dominic Green, not as good, I don't think. But he's better than Stromberg. He's better than Drax, even though Drax had one of the most hilarious deaths ever. <laughs> I'll see you out. One Step for Mankind. You know, I hate that stupid wrist gun. Um, Electric King, yeah. And then Rosa Club. So for Henches... So you're saying that Elvis is better than Kid and Wink, better than the Three Blind Mice, and better than Hans?
1: The bullhead haircut? Yeah. Toupee guy?
0: Yeah. Saying he's better than the Three Blind Mice? Or worse than the Three Blind Mice?
1: Uh, The Three Blind Mice were pretty bad.
0: And Hans, who just fell into the freaking, he didn't, he's like, he just got, he just fell into the, the piranha pit, not even like had two lines. Like we had to look up his name was Hans.
1: True. So yeah, he's better than that, but You think He's, he's better than Kit and Wink. Kit and Wink are bad.
0: I don't think that he For I, me. I don't think he is, but we can we can agree to disagree on that. And then the song Uh Another Way Another Way to Die, which I would have preferred it. That would have been a better title than Quantum Solace, honestly. So true, yes. I'm gonna put that I think under Tomorrow Never Dies. Between Tomorrow Never Dies and for your eyes only. For me.
1: Tomorrow Never Dies and Your Eyes Only. Okay.
0: Because our that's not even our top, it's at our bottom. Because our tops are solid at this point. Up to number fifteen, we're good. Then it's like the bottoms where it's kinda of gets weird. Like license to kill and tomorrow never dies. True. Actually actually this is better than Tomorrow Never Dies. No. It's 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 somewhere in there. It's better than World is Not Enough. Because that was garbage. The band. Anyway. So, yeah. So, that's our thoughts. But I think that's... Yeah. I don't think there's anything else we really want to talk about. I mean, there was nothing else Marable. There was no Marable Bond car. There were no gadgets in this movie. Um, no, they literally... Oh, there was one gadget. There was the... uh His universal... Um... Export's card, which was actually a tracking device. That was the only gadget in the movie.
1: But the and then the only car we have is the one that they destroy in the beginning.
0: Yeah. So yeah, this is a mediocre Bond film. It's as for our rating system, our five different ratings. I'm gonna have to give this worth watching once in the theaters or streaming. It's it's
1: still gonna watch when it comes on the television, but I'm gonna no, also be baking something. No, this is
0: Actually, no, yeah, this is a have it on in the background while doing something else. There's really only a couple of scenes that are worth watching. It's a lower end... It's not a, It's not a ticket purchase such as your red box so no one rents it, but it's pretty bad. It's it's worth having it on the background. Yes. If you don't pay attention to the movie, you won't remember most of it. So we'll be continuing to do some more Bond reviews coming up because we have two more Bond films to go. And we have three Bond videos to do. We're going to be talking about our favorite Bond villains, our Bond henches, and then I believe you want to either do Bond girls or Bond deaths.
1: Bond girls.
0: Well, the Bond girls are 153 of them. So.
1: I know. That's going to be really hard.
0: We can do it, though. We can talk about our outfits. Top. Bond girls. Oh, you're going outfits. to go through all the pictures for all of them?
1: That's kind of what?
0: Maybe we'll do something else. We'll see. We'll see. But anyway. Um...
1: So my favorite quote. Ah. May I fix your drink, sir? What are you drinking? I don't know. What am I drinking? Three measures of Gordon's gin. One of vodka. Half a measure of quinoa. Quinoa lilai. Quino which is not vermouth. Shaken well until it is ice cold. Then served with a large, thin slice of lemon peel. Six of them That's impressive
0: Thank you very much Greta And As usual I'm your host Zan I'm Greta And my fair quote from the 2008 Bond film Quantum of
1: Solace is going to be You promised that you let you go I answered your questions I told you what you wanted to know about Quantum Yes you did And your friends would know that So they're probably looking for you But the good news is, you're in the middle of a desert. Here. I bet you make it 20 miles before you consider drinking that. Goodbye,
0: Mr. Green. Thank you guys for listening. As usual, we're Gonsville. We'll catch you guys next time, and keep watching Bond films. a pretty co-bastard who didn't want revenge for the death
1: of someone he loved. I don't think the dead care about vengeance. <laughs> this man and I have some unfinished business.
0: The first thing you should know about us is that
1: we have people everywhere.
0: What the hell is this organization, Bond? How can they be everywhere and we know nothing about them?
1: This is the world's most precious resource. We need to control as much of it as we can. Name check, Dominic Green. He's a person of extreme interest. We've already begun destabilizing the government. You know who Green is and you want to put us in bed with him. Yeah, you're right. We should just deal with nice people. Get in. All right. Careful with this one, Mr. Bond. She won't go to bed with you unless you give her something she really wants. I think someone wants to kill you. You two do make a charming couple though. You're both, what's the expression? Damaged goods. Seems we're both using green to get to somewhere.
0: You lost somebody?
1: I did. Your cat, you catch whoever did it? No. Not yet. Tell me when you do. I'd like to know how it feels. We really need you to get rid of him.
0: When you can't tell your friends from your enemies, it's time to go.
1: Right now, I think you're the only person I can trust. James, move your ass. I wish I could set you free, but your prison is in there. about me. Another name? Yes. Not a very good one, is it? <laughs> we forgive each other? I shouldn't have left you alone. First of all, she gave everything for you. forgive her.